Your provision to receive is in proportion, in direct correlation to your capacity to believe. Welcome, you're listening to Rise. My name is Diana, and I am so glad to be hanging out with you for a few minutes today. Before we get started, let me remind you, at the end, I'm going to say, hey, guess what? Pretty please write me a review, and pretty please forward this message to a friend. All right, let's dive in. In our house, we're celebrating because what was lost has been found. Okay, so Jesus tells this group of parables that starts with the prodigal son. He leaves the family, he makes some bad decisions, and then he comes home and the the dad throws a party because he is home. And then Jesus goes on to the next parable, the parable of the lost sheep, where there's a shepherd who leaves the 99, who goes after the one lost sheep. And when it's found, they have a party. And then lastly, followed up by this woman who's lost a coin. And she searches her whole house looking for this coin. And when she finds it, they have a party. (laughs) And it's like that when even one lost person, a person who didn't know they were on the wrong track, has the aha moment. And they come to know the Lord and his humongous love for them. His never-ending, never-stopping, always-forever love. It's like they have a party in heaven when just one person comes to know Jesus as their Savior. You know those longings of the heart? A desire fulfilled is a tree of life. It's it's like a party when the desire is finally filled. When Sarah and Abraham had Isaac, they had to laugh. They were filled with joy at the promise fulfilled. It had been 25 years, but they didn't stop believing. He promises to perfect that which concerns us because of his covenant love. And there is no thing too small to the Lord. And so my son has been praying. My husband and I have also been praying, too, that he would find Kitty. Every time I turn around, we are praying that we find Kitty, this little stuffed cat that my son would take everywhere with him since the time he was two years old. And and normally, she would have a tracking device on her, but somehow she got out of the house when I was extra busy without that tag on. Now, that tag was so useful because every time she was lost, oh, look, we tracked the kitty cat. Oh, she's at Nanny and Papa's. Oh, look, one time it got left at church in the boys' bathroom. (laughs) So I blame myself, as most parents often do, because I was working so much during the time of her disappearance that somehow she got out of the house without her tag. He put up flyers everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And we called businesses. We asked friends and family if she got left at their houses. Perhaps she got eaten by Auntie's puppy. Or perhaps she went to Germany with Mommy's clients. Or maybe she was on the side of the road somewhere. Maybe she got left at the library. Well, we kept praying and praying and praying. Oh, and in the car, Ollie would ask me hard questions like, Why hasn't God answered my prayer yet? And so I would always just say, yet, God hasn't answered it yet, and then go ask God the same question. Well, once again, as I lay in bed going to sleep, just last night, I was praying and I'm like going, Lord, where is this kitty? (laughs) Well, the next morning when we were doing what we call house church, some little toy got lost that wasn't supposed to even be out. And I was like trying to find it. I didn't find it. 
But as I was checking all in the chair, there in the back, I felt a little stuffed body and I pulled it out and I couldn't believe it. I started to scream. Oliver started to scream. The baby's looking at us like we're crazy. And <laughs> and then we called out daddy and daddy started to scream and everybody's screaming and the baby's like, wow, this kitty cat's a big deal. And uh, <laughs> we celebrated. But you know what the big deal was? It, it wasn't the material possession. It was my boy seeing how God keeps his promises. Now, we are still looking for the remote control and a few other things, right? But see, our faith is not tied up in that. Now, I promise you, with all the things that go missing as a parent, Mike and I thoroughly, repeatedly checked our cushions. So I don't know. But what I do know is that God answered my little boy's prayer and stretched his faith. He didn't stop believing for over a year. And now, Kitty has her collar back on. <laughs> and see, Abraham and Sarah, they did not stop believing. They believed beyond what it looks like. They believed beyond what they could see in the natural we need to have faith to receive. And that faith looks like obedience. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the fruit of the land. Elijah, he, to, in order to be fed during famine, he had to do what God said. Hey, go to the brook Cherith, and there I have provided for ravens to feed you. Hey, go to Zarephath, there I have provided a widow to feed you. Right? He had to go to where the blessing had been prepared. Naaman in his healing he was told okay go dip seven times in the Jordan he had to go in order to receive the promise his healing was tied up in doing what God said but there's more you see when you believe then you make room to receive you don't just ask God for a new wardrobe and make no room for it let's give it another look so a widow comes to Elisha Elisha, Elisha, my husband died, and now the creditors are, are threatening to come and take away my two boys as slaves. See that concept right there? The borrower is servant to the lender. And you see that being played out right here. But how many know? God knows how to get this widow, this lady who already lost her husband and is about to lose her two sons. God knows how to get her out of debt. So Elisha says to her, what do you have? And she says, nothing. Oh, come on. Surely you have something. Don't discount what you have. Nothing but a jar of oil. He tells her, go and borrow jars and faces and containers, whatever, and as many as you can from all your neighbors. And then take that oil and pour it into the jars. And she and her sons and go around collecting as many of these containers as they can. And they go back home, shut the door, and she starts pouring one container after another again and again until she asks for another. And her son says, that's it. That was the last one. And it was right then that the oil stopped flowing once that last bottle had been poured. So she goes back and she says, okay, I did what you said. And now he says, sell all that oil. And pay what you owe and live on the rest. You see, she could have had 10 hundred jars. She could have had 10 jars. The oil would not run out as much as she had capacity to receive. There's another one. Jesus and his disciples are at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And they've run out of wine. This would have been a very shameful thing, right? This would have been a reproach to the family running the wedding. And Jesus' mom involves him. 
How many know that when there is a problem, we need to involve Jesus? So he's trying not to be involved, but it's too late because his mom already had the capacity to believe, the capacity to receive the miracle. And so she says to the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. See that? Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Come to Jesus. Hear his sayings and do them. It's this obedience. That whatever God says, wherever he leads, even when it makes no sense, you're going to trust him to meet your need and direct your steps. So he tells them, hey, those ceremonial washing pots over there, they're like 20 to 30 gallons each, right? Fill those up with water. And they do so. They, they fill them up to the brim. He has them pour some into a cup and take it to the master of the ceremony. He tastes it and he says, oh my goodness. He's like, whoa. Most people serve the best wine first and then wait till everybody's all had a few, intoxicated, and then they serve the the subpar wine. But this wine is the best wine. He doesn't know about the miracle. But listen, new wine is the best. But do you remember what Jesus talks about later on? He says old wine needs to be put into old wineskins. The new wine needs a new skin to have the capacity to receive it. So here's another one. Jesus tells Peter, to let down his nets for a catch. And Peter is like, really? I've been fishing all night. I'm a fisherman, actually. And and you are a carpenter. And the fish ain't biting. But nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Did you hear that? He says, let down the nets. And Peter says, I will let down the net. Okay, so he lets down the net. But you know what? He should have let down the nets. Because his net is breaking and his boat is sinking. He calls out to his partners, James and John, in the other boat. And they come out and help with his major overflow problem. And their boat starts sinking too. When Mike and I decided to get married, we kept postponing the date because of money. And there was this moment. It was Christmas Eve and he wanted to postpone the date again. And as he headed up north to spend Christmas with his family, I was like, wait a minute. I'm a daughter of the Most High King. And I looked up to the Lord and I said, no, my father is paying for this wedding. And so I started bringing every detail before the Lord. I remember I spent hours trying to find a dress that matched what I was believing the Lord for. And I was like, okay, the dress doesn't exist. I wanted something that was like a princess, but not strapless and not with sleeves. So like sleeveless and kind of like a tank top with kind of like sweetheart neckline. I also wanted coverage all the way up. The coverage to be lace. I wanted it to be very, very girly and princessy, but I could not find that dress. I couldn't find it on Pinterest. I couldn't find it in bridal magazines. It did not exist, I didn't think. I was at a friend's house telling her about this perfect dress that I couldn't find anywhere. And she's like, wait a minute. And she goes out into her garage and comes back in with this dress that she had almost just donated. But she felt prompted to hang on to it and listened. Aren't we glad when people listen to that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit? So I tried it on and I burst into tears. This was the dress. This was the exact dress. Because this was exactly what I had prayed for and it fit perfectly. It fit like a glove. I didn't even need a single alteration. And there were so many more stories over and over and over like that surrounding our wedding. And it was beautiful. Ephesians 3.20 says he is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or even imagine. 
I love the verse in Luke 1.45. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Psalm 138.8 says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. This perfect is to bring it to pass. Fulfill that which concerns me. He's got the details covered. And then it goes on to say, Why? Why is because of his loving kindness that he said, because he said, because he said, he promised. And we know that he who promised is faithful to bring it to pass, to complete it. Don't you just love the way the word of God is so beautifully and intricately woven together? You know what else I believe? I believe that there is potential inside of each one of us. He gives gifts to men. Ephesians 4, 8, the Lord has deposited gifts into the DNA of each one of us. Let us not waste it. Don't hold back your hand when it's in your power to give now. Proverbs 3, 27, see, that's the other thing. Our gifts are not just meant to be for us. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. God has given each one of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with the strength and energy that God supplies, that everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Yes, it's up to us to steward them well and to train up these gifts that we've been given in the dark like a seed that's been planted. So it's when it sprouted up and produces a fabulous flower, it brings glory to God. But your gifts are for the whole body. The whole body is supposed to do its share. Every one of us has a calling. Now, we are not our calling. Our identity is in Christ. Oh, but what a joy it is to be walking in that calling. Ephesians 2.10, For you are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared before him that we may walk in them. It's an option to walk in them. And you know what happens when you walk in them? It brings God glory. John 15.8, it says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. See, we are not what we do. But we have many gifts and talents. And when we use them for the kingdom, it brings the Lord glory. When we say, you know what? I am going to be about your business, God. He is about our business. Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom of God. And then all of these things that everybody else is chasing, they're going to be added to you. Ecclesiastes eleven six says, in the morning sow your seed. And in the evening, do not withhold your hand. And then it goes on to say, because you do not know which one is going to prosper, either this or that, or if both alike are going to do great. Jesus said, I must be about my father's business, Luke 2.49. And that's basically what Jesus told the rich young ruler. It's what Jesus told Andrew and Peter. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And hey, guess what? By the way, when you follow me, God is going to provide everything that you need. Sometimes the container shows up and it's not what we expect it to look like. But new wine needs to be put in to new wineskins. The container is going to look different. Our capacity to receive lies in proportion to our ability to believe. God doesn't do the thing the same way every time. He is creative. Yes, it's still going to have God's signature on it. But behold, I do a new thing. God says to you in your season, behold, I do a new thing. Stop trying to hang on to the old thing. Jesus says, he who can be trusted with a little can be trusted with much. And to him who much is given, much is required. 
Your capacity might be bigger than you think, especially since you don't have to do it all on your own and in your own strength. You've got God in your corner, and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Say, say it. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Again, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. Another verse in Psalm 138, verse 3, it says, In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. I love that. The Lord is our strength in our time of need. The Lord is our provider, not just of money and resources, but of everything, time management. For me, the Lord provides pockets of time, pockets of time to work on this podcast, pockets of time to do all of the things and still enjoy the blessings and gifts he has given me. And I really believe it's because of this principle of seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all of these things will be added to you. If you are about his business, he is about your business. You don't have to do life like everybody else. You have a God. Daniel eleven thirty two says, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Another translation says it like this. The people who know their God display strength and take action. I love that. They display strength and take action. Proverbs 16.3, commit your work to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. He will quicken to you strategies in all of your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. He will direct you which way to go. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. It's up to you to walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5.7. Not according to what it looks like to be obedient and see the promise fulfilled. And do not lose heart while in the waiting, but trust the God who has covenanted himself will be faithful to keep his promise. David says, I would have lost heart unless I believed I would see the goodness of the Lord now in the land of the living. Unless I believed that God would come through, that God would keep his word because God keeps his word. He is not a man that he should lie nor son of man that he should repent. Have I not said and will I not make it good? And do not lose heart in the waiting. But trust that God who's covenanted himself will be faithful to keep his promise. Now be confident and unshaken. Rise up, take courage, and do it. Thanks for listening. And remember, go ahead and share this with a friend. And don't forget, leave me a review. That would be Amazing. Until next time, rise up and be the person that God has called you to be.